if you think about the platform shift that's going on right now, uh, usually we're lucky to have one platform shift in, in our lifetime, but the amazing thing about uh, the world we live in today is that it's a perfect storm of two major platform shifts. The first one is the shift to edge devices. We've spent the last couple of decades bringing enterprise software applications from on-premise data centers to the cloud, and that's created massive value for companies and built great companies like Salesforce.com. I think what we're seeing now is that computing is now moving back into the edge because there are these devices that are with us every day, whether it's your phone, which is now a computer, your watch, which is now a computer, your alarm bell, uh, your camera, your, your um, a car is now a computer. And all of these devices bring computing right to the edge. And I think that has allowed us to do things that we couldn't uh, have thought of before. Um, case in point, Uber. Think about how Uber has removed friction from your day-to-day -day life of just hailing a cab, but using the edge device called your phone and the sensor called your, your uh, location to be able to find a, find a car and a driver that's closest to you. The second major platform shift that's happening is the one that uh, uh, we call artificial intelligence, of course, but more specifically inside of that, uh, this, this major wave called artificial intelligence is the way we interact with computers. You know, uh, we, the, the, the desktop and the laptop interface we see today that we call Windows was really invented at Xerox Park right down the street from here. And uh, Steve Jobs and Apple was the first company to really take that metaphor of windows, icons, menus, and pointers, uh, or the WIMP model of uh, human-computer interaction, and bring that to a device. And that's been transformational for us in how we as humans use computing. But we're going into an entirely new way of interacting with computers that's just lowering the bar. Um, you know, for example, my, my three-and-a-half-year-old son can just ask the Alexa to play his favorite song, and Alexa will play it. He can't even read or write. Forget about using Windows. So, uh, you know, I think that is a transformation that's happening right now, and we're seeing it. Uh, it's already here. People have Alexas in their in their homes. You have Siri on your phone, and and this notion of using voice and other more natural ways of interacting with computers as opposed to forms on a database, uh, I think, is is a major shift. You take these two things and put them together. I think you have the perfect storm to reimagine what CRM should really, really be. And this has been a problem that I've thought about for many, many years, because as you, as you know, Brent, I'm, I'm a product guy. And, and it uh, uh, hurts me to no end when, when I find, when I talk to salespeople and they say, Chuck, you're a really, you're a really nice guy, but I gotta tell you, uh, I don't like the products you built. And uh, it's because we have never really focused on the end user. If you think about, uh, the birth of CRM, which really happened with uh, Siebel and Tom Siebel coming out of Oracle and starting the um, uh, the um, uh, uh, this whole industry, it is uh, it, it's the first time that we were able to take what was on paper, which is a Rolodex or a forecast report, and bring it into a database. Uh, SAP did that for a general ledger and putting that into a database. The PeopleSoft did that for your employee file, turning that into a database. And these are amazing things that have changed the way companies work and made our business processes more efficient. 
but they're really forms on a database. And if you think about the last three generations of computing from mainframe to client server to cloud, it's all been about forms on a database. I think the opportunity that we have as an industry is to change how people interact with computers, end users interact with computers, and what value we can drive for them. And that's why we exist as a company. I agree. I don't think any salesperson wants to be sitting in front of a computer inputting data. Not the salespeople I know, not the good ones. And uh, in fact, the customers that I would, I would uh, meet back when I was at Salesforce, the VPs of sales would say, if I start seeing a rep entering a lot of data in CRM, that tells me something is wrong. You know, uh, things aren't going as well. And so I, I think there's an opportunity to fundamentally reimagine the relationship between us, the seller and the systems that they have to use. And voice is critical. You know, I would say voice has been around for a few years. Uh, it really started with Siri and the, the, the ability to dictate messages. And we all started doing that, you know, with an SMS, you could just uh, tap, in, uh, tap on your dictation icon, you know, the mic icon on your keyboard and start dictating a message. We leveraged that, obviously, right from the day we started. In 2012, uh, it, when, you, when we released the first, uh, or 2014, when we released the first version of TACT on the mobile app, we, uh, we allowed our users to leave voice notes. So you come out of a meeting, the assistant will remind you that you just finished a meeting with Brent Leary and will ask you if you want to record any notes. And you can just tap on the microphone and leave notes. And that was an amazing achievement for 2014. But we've come a long way since then. You know, 2014 was also the year that the first Echo device was released, if I remember right. And what I think the Echo did for people was move the conversation, no pun intended, from dictation, which has been around for some time, to voice commands. Because now you can just say, hey, Alexa, without looking at your screen, without tapping on the microphone icon on your keyboard, on your, on your iPhone or Android phone, you can just say, hey, Alexa, turn on the lights. Hey, Alexa, play a song. And it'll do something for you. I think that's the next evolution of where we've come with voice. And it's, you know, we were one of the first ones to recognize it. I still remember the first time I saw uh, uh, the Echo device. And immediately I said, we've got to get tacked on this. And I started, I went to my engineering team and, and I put an Echo device in the conference room and I said, folks, how do we get TACT working on this? And uh, they were inspired by it. And it was uh, actually right before, uh, it's when I was doing some Christmas shopping and I, and I found the device and, and brought it into work. And, and a couple of our engineers actually got so inspired that they worked right through Christmas break. And uh, uh, early January, they showed me a prototype. And that was just, that was the beginning of our journey. And, and for the last two years, uh, uh, almost three years, we've now been perfecting that platform and evolving that platform because it's not just about going from dictation to voice commands, which Alexa is very good at, but it's moving to the next level that we call voice intelligence, which is really about conversations. Because if I promise, you know, what we promise to our users is we're going to give you a digital assistant, an AI assistant, that's the next best thing to having a human EA or a personal assistant. You obviously can't afford one for every salesperson, but what if you could give them an AI assistant? And that's what we promise. And in order to fulfill that promise, that assistance has, assistant has to be human friendly. You don't want it to be too human-like. You know, we can, we can argue about Google Duplex and, you know, is that too human-like and is, you know, 
that feel like the uncanny valley, but you want this to be human friendly. You want the assistant to be able to understand the mistakes that I make in my conversation, understand my context. And if I say John Han Hancock, uh, I, I, I don't mean the person, I mean a company called John, John Hancock that I'm, I'm speaking to. And I think that is um, uh, uh, really about using AI, artificial intelligence, not just speech recognition, but really artificial intelligence and conversational flow to be able to do that. So we think we can use AI to make the human uh, superhuman and allow them to do these kinds of things with the help of their assistant. And for sale, for sellers, I, I think it's the best product that w that has come out in the market since probably the BlackBerry, right? You remember how much they fell in love with the BlackBerry. And our, our goal is that every salesperson in the world, just like used to be a, a BlackBerry or CrackBerry addict, uh, we want them to get to be, we want them to be uh, using tact and and selling in a frictionless way. I certainly think so. I think uh, especially as consumers get more and more comfortable with voice experiences in their personal lives, they're going to demand that. And if you if you don't have the ability to provide that, I think you're going to be um, you know at a disadvantage in the marketplace. So I do think companies would be under increasing pressure to provide voice experience, but also like like we talked about the messaging experience. That's something that's something I to, to me, they're just two sides of the same same coin. And to me, messaging today, we talk a lot about messaging and there are a lot of messaging companies that that um, uh, talk about, you know, internal collaboration and uh, water cooler and increasing transparency with the organization. And, and all of that is great. But at the end of the day, messaging should also be about getting things done. So if it's a customer that wants to check on their balance or do a transaction with you, to be able to do that through voice or through sending a text message. Your, your employees want to be able to do that as well. And, and at the end of the day, what people really want is to get deals done, get work done, uh, not just be having a water cooler conversation. All right, so give, uh, look at a year or two from now. Um, where do you think we're going to be with voice, particularly when it comes to sales, CRM, in the enterprise? Well, I think uh, voice, especially in CRM and in Salesforce automation, voice is going to become one of the primary modes in with, with which people will interact with systems. And it's not just about CRM. One thing that we have learned from our experience is that when you're trying to become a digital assistant, an AI-powered assistant for your salesperson, you have to think very differently about, about what that is. It's not about adding a voice interface to your database. Look, every enterprise software vendor, I can guarantee you, is thinking about how to introduce voice interface to their app, right? Every enterprise software vendor is currently got a project going on. How do I add voice layer on top, a voice assistant or a voice interface on top of my app? But that's the wrong way to think about it, uh, is our belief. When you're trying to be an assistant, you have to be thinking about the user's entire workflow. And my job as a salesperson doesn't start and end with one database, whether it's your CRM database. It cuts across your email, your calendar, you may be prospecting on LinkedIn. Yes, of course, you're looking up information in CRM and you're entering information in CRM, uh, but you're also looking for insights coming from another third-party analytical engine. One example is our customer Dell uses, an uses us as an interface layer on top of an analytical data warehouse because that's where all the customer insights are. So because the reality in large enterprises is the customer data is spread across multiple systems, 
just adding a voice interface to one, interface to one of those systems doesn't solve the problem. You have to think about it from the user standpoint and be persona-centric. So if I'm an assistant for a salesperson, you first have to understand what is the salesperson's life look like, day-to-day -day work like, what systems and what people does it touch, and you have to be able to weave all of them together into one single experience. And that experience has to be available on voice, has to be available through messaging, and of course, and sometimes, an app is a better experience. You know, I can't use my voice, it's crowded, I'm in an elevator, I don't want to use, I don't want to talk to it. I just want to be able to look at my calendar and see I have three meetings coming up because vision and your eyes are very good at processing information and sometimes faster than using voice. So you have to think about a multimodal experience between touch, text, and talk. That's what we call it, right? Uh, an app experience or a screen experience, a voice experience, and sometimes a messaging experience. And your assistant should be able to operate on all three. So you can just talk to your assistant, you can send a message to your assistant, or you can look at your assistant through an app and get things done. Oh, I think you'll see almost all enterprise apps will come out with some sort of a voice announcement this year. That's my prediction. Every single one of them, right? Mark my words, will have a voice announcement this year. But like I said, like I said, this is a problem that is not a vertical problem. It's not adding voice to one database, one system, one vertical silo. It's thinking about it horizontally as a layer of assistance as a layer of experience that cuts across multiple systems where it really automates my workflow as a human being uh, and, and makes me do my job better.